called In Training. So let's pray and let's look to the Lord. Let's ask Him to help us and give us utterance and give us understanding. So Father, we come before You tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank You for the greater One who indwells us. We proclaim today that in spite of any opposition we may face and have faced, that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. And so we look to the greater One who lives on the inside of us. Rise up big within us. Holy Spirit, teach us, counsel us, minister to our hearts. Father, we pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that is, flooded with light, so that we may know what is the hope of our calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And Father, we pray that we'd get a revelation of the greatness of your power, which is toward us when we hook in and connect with our faith and believing. Lord, we declare that all things have been placed under our feet and that revelation knowledge comes forward tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And, you know, these are like teaching sessions. And so, you know, we may go up, uh, line upon line along the line some things tonight. And, and so be blessed. Uh, in verse uh, 7 of 1 Timothy 4, it says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables. I'm not sure what old wives' fables are, but if you ever run into them, refuse them. <laughs> okay? Uh, so anyway, old wives' fables. And then it says, and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Uh, for bodily exercise profits how much? It profits little. And I'm thanking God for the profit that bodily exercise has. Amen. I, uh, I'm a firm believer in exercising your body. I did my 50 minutes on my treadmill today. And uh, I tell you, it just takes me right out of, uh, you know, certain areas, maybe, have, you know, a lot of opportunities for stress and different things. I just leave them all in the hands of the Lord and on the treadmill. <laughs> so, you know, if you have some time, you can budget in some time to exercise, I highly recommend it. And, you know, you don't really need to do 50 minutes on a treadmill. You might want to start with five minutes around the block. And uh, when I first started out, and I'm not advocating myself as, you know, Mr. Exercise King. As you can see, i got some work to do. But uh, when I started exercising, you know, I just started out running a mile. And then I kind of built up from there. So it, it, it profits you little. So I want you, to, I want you to live long. And I want you to live strong. And, and it's not just about exercise, not just about a diet and things like that. But there's a balance to our lives. And so that's all for that right now. Okay, so exercise yourself to Godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but, now notice this, godliness is profitable unto how many things? So godliness is profitable unto all things. It goes on to say, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. So we do understand that we're living now, but there's a life which is to come. And oh, what a wonderful time we're going to have there. And now notice, promise of the life is, and that which is to come, 
And then he says, I believe it's verse 15, meditate upon these things and give thyself wholly or entirely to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Okay? Now notice again that term, godliness is profitable. Now if something is profitable, what does it do? Well, it's good. If a business is profitable, it is paying off, right? Okay? So the scripture is saying that godliness pays rich dividends. There is benefit from serving God. Living for God is not detrimental to a successful life. But living for God is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is, amen, and the life that now is, is where you is right now. And so we could use some profit in this life. And some success in this life, amen? So godliness is profitable. I want you to look at this from the New Living Translation. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that up tonight. But notice this, when the, in the New Living Translation it says this, Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Okay? Instead, train yourself, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So I want you to notice that term training. Everyone say in training. What are we? We are in training. Okay. Now I want you to look at it in the message translation. And if they can pull that up there tonight, the message translation, train yourself to be godly. The message says this, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Stay clear of silly stories that that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Okay? No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a bit disciplined life in God is more so making you fit both today and forever. I want to say a few things to you tonight that uh, I think are really going to be important. And I think it's going to help you in your walk with God. Number one, there are many things that we try to do that we should be in training to do. There are things that we try to do that we really should be in training to do. When you're training, God will be there to help you and to instruct you. But how many of you know when you're trying, you're on your own? Now, let's just break it down and and, and let's try to get a little bit more clear on what I mean by that. You see, oftentimes people say, well, I'm trying to come over. I'm trying to overcome temptation. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to live godly, Pastor Mark. I'm trying not to worry. But there's just something about that that just does not get it for me. Because when a person says they're trying to do it, it, they kind of leave themselves a little bit of an excuse or an escape valve. 
I believe this, that instead of saying we're trying to overcome temptation, we should say we're training ourselves to overcome temptation. We are in training not to worry. You see, you can train your mind to think the thoughts of God. You can train your life to live and overcome temptation. Amen? You can train your spirit, if you will, to live a life that is godly, that is disciplined, that is pleasing to the Lord, rather than just saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll try to be there to, at church. I'll, I'll try to pay my tithes. No. You train yourself to do it. You do it through acts of discipline day in and day out. I'm not getting a lot of amens and that's all right. It's like, you know, I've got a, one of our staff members, Ingrid Robinson, she's, uh, she's training to do a half marathon. Okay. She is not going to show up in October and just show up not being ready. You know, you don't try to run a marathon. You don't try to run a marathon. You train to run a marathon. Amen? You know, if I go get my hair cut in October and there is someone new there and saying, you know, I haven't been trained to cut hair, but I'll give it a try. You know what I'm going to do? Bye. We're flying to Branson Sunday afternoon to go be at Keith Moore's Week of Increase and to go see our son James. I haven't seen him for a year. But we're going to be boarding to Jet at 3 p.m. after the services. And American Airlines, and if the pilot comes on and says, you know what, I've never flown a jet before. I have not received any training, but I'll try to get you to Dallas. And then they'll try to get you to Springfield. No! I'm out of there. Amen. You don't... You don't try to speak French. You got to train to do it. You don't try to be a master musician like Pastor Tom is, and he is a master musician, by the way. You train. You train to do that. And you stay current to maintain a degree of excellence. Are you listening to me? You don't, you don't just try to come up here and play the guitar. You don't say, oh, I want to swing this. I want to try singing a special in front of hundreds of people Sunday morning. No. Got to be some training. And, and, and so the, the musicians that, that get, um, how can you say it, that, that become excellent in their field of, of music, they practice, they train. I can remember as a senior in high school, um, when we were getting ready to go in the state tournament, uh, we weren't very big. You know, our biggest guy was our center, and he was maybe six three and a half, six four. That's not big for a center. And and forwards like myself, I was about six one, and our guards were under six foot. So hello, we're facing giants. We're facing oak trees. You know, and compared to them, we're kind of feeling like runts. But our basketball coach didn't get us together and say, well, guys, we're just going to try to win the tournament. 
you know, just forget about coming to practice, you know, just go hang out, you know, go drink, go smoke, do whatever you do. The tournament starts March 3rd, Friday night, 9 p.m., just come on and see how you do. No, there was training, intense training. And, and, and we learned certain drills. And we did those drills over and over and over and over and over again until it became second nature to us. Until we became proficient at the fast break. Until we became proficient at the mic and drills. Until we became proficient in taking our lanes and doing the things that would enable us to beat in the natural realm a better and a bigger team. So when we got there at 9 o'clock in the month of March, we played the number one team in our conference, and we beat them by about 16 points. Because we trained, and we were ready, and we weren't intimidated. I had a little scuffle with one of the players during the regular conference play. I remember his name was John Owens. And, And John was a better player than I was. He was more experienced, he was bigger, and he was one of their best players. And I think there were some elbows flown and some, you know, exchange and some, some words going back and forth. You know, I, I talked a little trash. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was full of myself, and so was he. And they beat us badly during the conference play. So uh, George Mikan was the center for the Los Angeles Lakers. He, he's a Hall of Famer. George Mikan's kids went to our high school. And so... His uh, youngest son, Terry, broke his ankle about a month before the state tournament. I was six men, so I got to start. And so I came out on the floor that night, and lo and behold, I was to guard John Owens. And they had trained me how to guard him. Trained me. Drilled me how to do it. And so when we got to the center court for the jump ball, he looked at me, and he had some words. And I looked him straight in the eye and says, I've come to play basketball. And that's the only thing I said to him all night. Held him to maybe three or four points. I mean, you know, I know I'm bragging, but we've got a one. We, we won. We got a victory. We got beaten the semis, but we got to the semis. But there was training involved in it. That's why I loved sports. I, I love the, the camaraderie of a team. And, and, and I love it when, when no person on the team is a big eye and there's other little me's around. But everybody on that team has a supply. And that's the way it ought to be in church life. And I know I preach too long on that. But, you know, sometimes you've got to go back and rejoice in what God has done. Amen. All right. Now, are you still here? When you're trying, you're on your own. Living a Christian life, it involves training. When we say, you know, Pastor, I'm I'm trying to do my best, we should say, no, I'm training. I'm in training to do my very best. Because when you're in training, and you're training yourself to be godly, and you're training yourself to be punctual in church attendance, and you're training yourself to keep your vows, come on, And you're training yourself to keep your word when you sign up for a team. And you don't flake off. And you show up. And you're punctual. And you're timely. That's powerful training. Amen. It's powerful training. Instead of saying, I'm just trying. No. 
When you're in training, what happens is you get progressively better and better and better. Some of you have lost your temper so many times you've wondered where your temper went. Well, I got a good word for you. You don't have to lose your temper. You can train yourself to keep your mouth shut. You know how you do it? Watch. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know how much I want. I know how much you want to because I've been there. And if you have to leave the room, whatever you have to do, put yourself in training not to lose your temper and not to say everything that is on your mind. If I said it once, I've said it a hundred times, but it works and it fits right here. You cannot afford to give everybody your whole mind. You got to keep what you got. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. And I want to look at verse 12 through 14. And I want to look at the New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. Oh, hallelujah. We're in for a good series. We're in for a good one. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Through what? What are we? We're in training. Amen. The English Standard Version says we are being trained by constant practice. Let me give you a, a working definition then of training. Here's a working definition of training. Training involves a skill or behavior... Training involves a skill or behavior, okay, that can be learned or improved through practice, that can be learned or improved through practice and instruction over a period of time. Let me give you that once again. You don't have to be writing it down, but let me give it to you again. Training involves a skill or behavior that can be learned or improved through practice and instruction over a period of time. Amen? So, where training is something that is constant, trying is episodic. People have episodes of trying. (laughs) Trying is episodic. Training is constant. Amen? Okay? So, training then denotes constancy, consistency... And training will beat intense effort every time, okay? Progress in your Christian walk, growing to maturity in Christ, or whatever you may be involved with in the marketplace, progress doesn't come by trying. It comes by training. Okay? So, the question is asked, okay, Pastor, you're you're telling us we're in training. And we're supposed to be in training, but what's the, what's the bang for the buck? What's, what's the goal here? What's the, why, why do I want to be in training, you know? Why not just kind of go through life on flowery beds of ease? There's got to be a goal in mind. When a person trains for a marathon, there's a goal. 
Now go back to Ingrid. She's in training to do a half marathon. She has a goal. I think it's for a, a cancer fund. The goal is to raise money for those that have been afflicted by cancer. It's a good goal. Okay? So there's got to be a goal. What is your goal? What is your vision? Okay? Otherwise, if, there, if there's no vision, the Bible says that the people will perish. If there's, if there's no goal in mind, then all of your training becomes punishment. It just becomes busy work. And training, then will, you'll lose interest in what you're doing because there's not a goal. Okay? Now, I believe this. Our goal as Christians is, number one, to be a blessing. Are you here? You know, the Bible says about Abraham, and I want you to turn back to Genesis, I think it's chapter 12. Let's look back there. See, God wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have a happy life. He wants you to have a prosperous life. The Bible says that we are blessed coming in and blessed going out. The word blessed there means empowered to prosper. God has empowered you and I to prosper in this life. Amen. Amen. God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're not looking at a cursed man. I'm not looking at a cursed congregation. We got a blessed congregation. We have a congregation that is empowered to prosper, empowered to rejoice, empowered to succeed. You got to see yourself as blessed. I don't care where you grew up. I don't care how bad things are right now. You are the blessed and you cannot curse whom God has empowered to bless. Woo, glory to God. I said you redeemed from the curse of the law that the blessing, hallelujah, the empowerment to prosper could come upon your life. And we need to believe that. And we need to receive that. We are not cursed. We are not failures going somewhere to fail. We are successes going somewhere to prosper, honey. So what's our goal in life? If we're really Christians... Our goal in life is to seek God with all of our heart and to become the very best that God has created us to be. To take the talents and the gifts that he's placed on the inside of us and cultivate those gifts in order that we can be a blessing. You are not empowered to prosper just to sit in church. We're not empowered to prosper for that reason, but we're blessed to be a blessing. Ooh, glory. I preach myself happy right now. Are you here tonight? Is anybody happy in God? Glory to God. Let's look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, He says, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out of your country. And I want you to get away from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Now, I was listening to Brother Savell recently. And he likened getting away out of your country and getting away from your kindred in our context of the life that we live today. Sometimes we've got to get away from the mentalities of the way that we've been brought up. We've got to get away. Getting away from our kindred doesn't necessarily mean moving, you know, like Abraham had to move physically. But we've got to have some movement spiritually. We've got to stop thinking like we've been taught when we're grown up. 
we got to stop thinking glory to God and acting the way that was modeled before many of us as we were growing. Are you listening to me? Well, Papa was a Rolling Stone, so I guess I'm a Rolling Stone. No, get away from that. That's a loser mentality. Well, Mom and Dad, you know, they lived on revolving credit their whole life. Get away from that. That's the mentality of the curse of the law. Oh, I know I'm preaching good now. I know I'm preaching good. Well, none of us in our family had a college education. You need to get away from that kind of thinking and go get your master's degree and become a doctor and become trained to do what God's called you to do now. It ministered to me. See, the Lord said to Abram, you gotta, you got to get the out. Sometimes you got to get some wrong thinking out. Wrong thinking out. Wrong things that have mo- been modeled for before you as a child. Wrong teaching that you heard maybe growing up in a wonderful church with a wonderful pastor. See, a lot of people say, well, Grandma taught it and I bought it. Now, we love Grandma and we don't want to disrespect Grandma. But is what Grandma taught line up with the Word? To get out of your country and away from your kindred means you've got to get away sometimes from the influence of the way they think, the way they speak, the way they talk. Are you listening to me? That's a good word. <sighs> get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Oh, glory to God. God's got a land for you. God's got a land, He's got a land that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. He's got a good land for you. and He's got a good land for me. And God has given us 66 books in the B-I-B-L-E. He says, here's the land I'm showing you. Now he says, possess it, son. Possess it, daughter. Amen. And he said, I'm going to make you a great nation. Wow, what a promise, huh? And he says, I will empower you to prosper. And he says, Abram, I'm going to make your name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Abram, I've empowered you to prosper. Now listen, so that you can go out and be a blessing and empower other people to prosper through your life. Just by the example that you live before the Lord. And he said, I'm going to bless them that bless you. And I'm going to curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all of the families of the earth. What will they do? They will be blessed. Amen. So I believe this, that the greatest thrill in life is when we live a stable life. I believe it's God honoring. When we really mature and we grow to our full potential in Christ. See, I have potential on the inside of me. You have potential on the inside of you. But did you know that you can allow those things to lie dormant until you die? Are you listening to me? You can allow the seeds of greatness that God has placed on the inside of you to just stay as a seed. And that's what this series is all about. We're in training, if you will, to... Allow what God has placed on the inside of us to grow, to develop, to nurture, to where it begins to show up on the outside. Amen? How many of you desire that with all of your heart? Amen. God 
put dreams on the inside of you. And I want you to know that those dreams that he places on the inside of you, they're of him. But you've got to take it out of the dream stage into a stage of training and into a stage of action so those things which have been placed on the inside of you can be birthed on the outside. Somebody say amen. Amen. So the greatest thing in life, I believe, is when we're happy, when we're stable, but also when we make someone else happy. I don't think that we should just be Christian consumers. I don't believe that we should just be Christian attenders. We should say, and say it with me, I'm in training training. to be a blessing blessing. and to be used by God. God. See, what you do day by day, see, you're, you're laboring in the Word, you're reading the Word, you're being in church, you developing your gifts, it's not a labor in vain. But what you do day by day will take you into your future. And your habits can determine your future. And your character very oftentimes is shaped by your habits. We are known by our habits. We are known by the fruit. I've discovered this, that successful people, both Christian and non-Christian, successful people have successful habits. Is it true? Successful people have successful habits. Turn me to Proverbs chapter 5, verse 23 in the Message Translation. Proverbs, the fifth chapter, the 23rd verse. Oh, I believe this is going to stir us up. Well, of course, Proverbs 5, 23 in the Message says, Death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions will trap you in a dead end. Okay? That's what the message says. Now, here's the problem. Here is the, here's the difficulty sometimes. is We tend to wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, when we should be working. We tend to wander when we should be working. We, you know, we, we keep waiting for something to happen. We keep waiting for our, 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 our ship to come in. An inheritance. We buy lottery tickets thinking maybe it's my day. We wait for some sort of a, of a big break. I got news for you. You're probably not going to wake up one day out of debt with plenty of margin to enjoy life. You're probably not going to wake up one day unless you train yourself at a perfect body weight. You're probably not going to wake up one day with all these heavenly relationships around you. Can I get on my little soapbox for a minute? Something really bugs me about church life. Okay, I'm the pastor. I'm the, kind of like the daddy of the church, so I can say this, and I don't mean it wrong. But I've heard, if I've heard it once, I've heard it many times. Well, I'm just leaving the church because the church is not friendly. And they're the last one to get there to service and they're the first one out the door before the benediction is given well how how could you ever make a friend if you don't show yourself friendly and that's the value of small groups and that's the value of getting plugged in okay I'm off my soapbox I'm, I'm better now everyone say pastor's better thank you Whew. thank you Lord 
So then we must be in training. In this life, you will arrive in a future place either by design, intentionally, or by default because you failed to act. Okay? Either by design, by training, or by the failure to act. You know, not everything that happens to you and not everything that happens to me is beyond our control. Are you listening? you got to discipline yourself day by day. Look at, with me to Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14 in the message. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. You know, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got as a young minister was from Dr. Frederick K.C. Price. You know who Dr. Frederick K.C. Price is? Okay, he's now Apostle Frederick Casey Price. Okay, and he's a great teacher. But one of the, the greatest things that I've ever heard as a young minister um, was this. Look, if your ministry doesn't support you, if you are pastoring a church or if you're an itinerant minister and you're traveling around, that ministry doesn't support you, doesn't pay your bills, then you need to go get yourself a J-O-B. Are you listening to me? A J-O-B. You know what a J-O-B is? It's a job. You know? And, and a lot of folks have, you know, especially in this, in this arena of faith, a lot of people have this presumptuous faith that they think just because they're called, they're not going to have to work. Hello? I remember Pastor Kenneth e. Hagen's son, Pastor Kenneth Jr., who's going to be here in another week or two. He said, how do you spell the ministry? And he said, the ministry is spelled, everyone that went to Ramah could tell you, the ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. And that's the way life is. If you want to have rich dividends out of life, if you want to be a success in life, you've got to work. And you need to work hard. Oh boy, I felt that right there. Shoo. All right, so Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14 in the message. You ready? Okay, let's read it together. One, two, three, read. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. Okay? The way to life is through vigorous training and attention toward God. Now, there are spiritual disciplines that must be a part of our life. Okay? One of those disciplines is to start your day out in training with God. Start where you are as you are. And I want to I say this because I think it's important. This is not about perfection. What I'm encouraging you to do is just keep showing up and just giving, keep giving heart and keep giving effort. You know, I think one of the greatest things that a lot of churches have done, instead of getting their church on reading the Bible through in a year, they give the people in the church a chapter a day to read. Start where you are. Start where you are and show up. You know, years ago there was a teaching called, Could You Not Tarry for One Hour? And uh, there was a strong emphasis on spending an hour with God, okay? 
And I think ultimately that's awesome and that's great. But most people aren't there. And to get into a teaching like that could produce condemnation in a person's life. I mean, quite frankly, it could. Start where you're at. Start with five minutes. Start with ten minutes. We're going to have a season of prayer in 2012 where we're going to be encouraging everybody in the church to be spending 10 to 15 minutes a day in the secret place. Not necessarily, you know, coming together unitedly and praying, but part of the process of our prayer emphasis in 2012 is going to be is we're going to have a time alone with God. Amen? And we're going to nurture that, and we're going to develop that, and we're going to be in training toward that. And then I'm going to establish certain goals and certain things that I'm going to want you to be praying for during that time as well for the church and for your own individual life. It's going to be awesome. Everyone say, I'm in training. So they're, they're disciplines. Start where you're... How many of you know that grace is not opposed to effort? Didn't Tony Cook do a great job on teaching on grace? So grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. God provided manna daily for the children of Israel. But guess what they had to do? They had to go gather it. Now right now, Keith Moore is doing a tremendous teaching on being reapers. And did you know that making faith confessions and giving alone will not guarantee you a harvest? Any more than the farmer that grows cotton and plants the right seed. Are you listening to me? And he sits in the house at harvest time and doesn't go out to reap it. I believe that you and I are a part of a reaping generation. And if you have sown and if you have confessed and you've had done the right thing in the arena of prosperity, there's a harvest out there for you somewhere. But you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in the timing and where that harvest is. And you know He knows where it is. It might be an investment here. It might be connecting with a supernatural relationship over there. And as a result of connecting with that relationship, doors of employment just open up to you. Hey, God, I like what someone used to say, God's got a million ways to get you a million bucks. I believe we're part of that harvesting generation. But there are keys then. You've got to be disciplined once it's harvest time to go out and get it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So there is this grace-effort combination. And that's how you tap into, and that's how you bring home God's provision. So here's the goal, heart of the bay. To be happy, to be stable, to be fruitful, to be blessed, so that you can be a blessing, and so that God can use you. Now listen in closing just for a few moments. The greatest asset about being in training is you're not alone. Anybody ever been to a gym where you had a trainer? Okay. All right. Now I know you have. And, uh, it, you know, so when, when you're in training, spiritually speaking, you got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Spirit. He's right there with you. That is awesome. He knows what you can do. 
He will encourage you. He'll correct you. He'll make sure that you keep safe. The Holy Spirit will keep you on task. He'll hold you accountable. And He will help you to reach your goals better than you ever could by yourself. Okay? They say in the world of workout, it's awesome to have a workout partner. Okay? Uh, Brenda goes to a, a, a spinning class. Pastor Brenda goes to a spin class. And spin class is pretty, pretty tough stuff. And, and I've been to that spin class. I don't go anymore. <laughs> One of the main reasons I don't go is because there's too much Lady Gaga in there. And anyway, but, uh, but one thing about being in a class and having a trainer, they hold you on task. And you are not about to get off that bike. I guarantee you. If there's three men in a spin class and about 14 women, you ain't no way going to get off that bike. Are you listening to me? Because you're in training. Amen. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit's right there with you. He's there to encourage you. He's there to show you things to come. He's there to, to, to correct you and to, to do and to help you with things that you need help in. And the neat thing about it, this trainer is with us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And he is the personification of wisdom. Amen? And you know what else? He uses other things to bring training into your life. You may not realize it, but the Holy Spirit is using me tonight. He uses pastors. He uses ministers. He uses friends. He uses books. Are you listening to me? To help you. His main ministry for your life is personal. And so we all need a qualified trainer. And we all have one. Turn quickly to Proverbs chapter 8. Verse 22 through 35, we'll look at the New Living Testament and we'll close there tonight. Hallelujah. Blessed to be a blessing. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 23 through 25, New Living Testament. We'll just read this and, and, and then we'll close. And just keep up with me. The Lord formed me from the beginning before He created anything else. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. Verse 24. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains were formed, before the hills, I was born. B before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries, and when he marked off the earth's foundation. Oh, glory. Verse 30. I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight. I was rejoicing always in his presence. Verse 31. And how happy I was with the world he created. How I rejoiced. With the human family. And so my children. Everyone say listen to me. If you're going to be trained by the Holy Spirit. You need to listen to him. 
For all who follow my ways are sad. This training, this discipline that we're talking about will bring joy in your life. Verse 33. Glory to God. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit, the training of God. Verse 30. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. And verse 35. For whoever finds me finds life. And whoever receive and who uh, finds life and receives the favor come on somebody from the lord and, and and so what this is talking about it's talking about wisdom's ways it's talking about the ways of the uh, of the holy spirit amen and and the, the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and if i'm going to reach my goals in life i must fear him i must reverence him And I must keep his commandments. You see, the man or the woman who really fears and reverences the Lord is blessed. Are you listening to me? So I want to encourage you to start working hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. Benny Hinn wrote a book years ago uh, called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. What would it be like if, if every morning we just drew near to God? Say, Lord, I want to seek you first today. Show me your ways. Teach me, instruct me, train me, Holy Ghost. Psalms 112 says that we're blessed when we fear the Lord, when we delight greatly in His commandments. The Bible says that our seed will be mighty on earth and that even wealth and riches will be in our house and our righteousness will endure forever. How do we fear Him? We fear Him by listening to Him, by hating evil, and by getting happy about His commandments. And you know something about His commandments? His commandments are not burdensome. They're not grievous. He's not going to tell you to do something, glory to God, that He won't enable you to do. And my Bible says that blessed and empowered is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Who doesn't sit in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But this is our delight, heart of the bay. We're delighted in the Lord. We're meditating in Him day and night. Come on. And we're going to be like rivers planted by the water. And you know what's going to happen in your life as you get in training and stay in training? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to bring forth fruit for the glory of God in His season. And your leaf is not going to wither. And whatever you do will prosper. Oh, glory. Jeremiah says it like this, that you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers which spreads out your roots by the river. You will not fear when heat comes, but your leaf will be green, and you will not be anxious in time of famine, nor will you cease from yielding fruit. In closing, do you want to know how to become like a tree? It's a process. It begins with a seed. Then there's time, weather, growth, surges, bugs. But over the course of time, little by little, you got a tree that is happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. So HBCC, what do you say? We get in training.